Coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I rewatched that garbage so you don't have to. A recap of what we saw on Saturday night in the 9-6 loss to Illinois. Where does Iowa turn to here? A perfect time for a change. Will Iowa do it? Well, we all know that answer. All coming up here on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day, available wherever you get podcasts. And you can also see me down in the man cave here today on YouTube. Just search Locked On Hawkeyes. While you're there, hit that subscribe button, smash it, do whatever you need to. Just make us yourself a subscriber. Helps this house big time here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Well, of course, had an instant reaction podcast on Saturday. After that one went final, in fact, Sunday morning, uh, by the time we got around, I thought maybe I had calmed down a little bit. Uh, the frustrations, though, still were there, and they continue uh, here today as we get into it here on our Monday episode. Lots to get into in the 9-6 loss to Illinois as Iowa now finds themselves at 3-3. Three and three. It is a, a frustrating season that is looking back upon it, maybe could have been even worse. You know, that South Dakota State game. What if they hit that wide open pass down the middle of the field and they actually score a touchdown in that football game? What if the defense doesn't get two safeties? Just on and on and on the what-if game that you can play. You are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells told us, and Iowa right now is a 500 team. Maybe even that seems like a stretch. You know, the frustrations, obviously. We're going to talk a lot about the offense. We're going to break things down here. But the frustrations that continue to boil up. Talked about this a lot on the Instant Reaction podcast. And one thing, the post-game press conference from Kirk, the frustration really comes from the head in the sand mentality that, that seems to be there. And I understand inside of football complexes, and especially at a place like Iowa. And I'm interested to talk a little bit with LaShawn, who will join us later in this week of, about this and that mentality where Sometimes it's a bad thing. It can be a very good thing, and we've seen that in the past where I was jumped up and pulled off and upset and got big victories, and it's because of that nature, the way the program that is built. But when things are going this poorly, when your offense as is, is inept as they are, you just are left wondering, you know, what what can be done? What can shake things up? What What does the staff have to see to go out there and try something different? We're halfway through the season there's been one quarterback that has taken snaps. And we heard the excuses early on. They need to get a full complement of receivers. And it's still not there. Keegan Johnson, of course, played the one game. And the likelihood of him playing continues to be slimmer and slimmer, it feels like, as weeks and weeks go by without him out there on the field. But you're what you are. This is the way this team is going to be built. The offensive line is not good. The play calling has been terrible. The quarterback play has been bad. The wide receivers can't get separation. We've, we've played this game now for half a year. And yet they continue to just bang their heads against the wall, try the same things, and it just hasn't worked out. Let's get into it here and break things down as we go through. I rewatched this thing from start to finish, did it on Sunday night, and not exactly how you'd hope to be spending your Sunday night. So this is the way it's set up at my house. I do the folding of the clothes, so folding the clothes, that is my chore at the house. So I go down to the man cave here. 
I get all the laundry from the weekend that we all put together, and then I rewatch the game. I rewatch the Iowa game. I also have to do it for the Iowa State game because of my radio show, but that's what I do. So rewatch things and went through every single play of this one. Let's go through in chronological order and see see what we can exactly pull out of here and see were there more opportunities. What did we miss? So the one thing I really like about this exercise is a lot of times either you walk away, hey, it wasn't as bad as you thought, or things were better than you thought. There's a lot of different things watching it a second time that you can pull out of it. Watching this a second time, hey, God, it was boring. Just absolutely brutal. Watching this thing for a second time, obviously knowing the way that it's going to play out. But here we go. We get into it. And, of course, Illinois gets the football first. Iowa, again, deferring something that is becoming something that they're doing more often now because of the ineptitude of the offense. And Kirk Ferentz, after 24 years, is now having to change his philosophy. Likes to have the football first. He's having to change that because his offense stinks so much. Think that would negate a change? No, of course not. 24 years of head coaching experience at the University of Iowa, and he's having to do these kind of things, but here we are. So Illinois marches right down the field. There's a fourth and three play around 40-yard line. Riley Moss misplays that option. They run speed option onto the strong side or the weak side of the field, excuse me, and they pick up the three yards necessary for the first down. Another fourth and inches play to Vito, able to sneak it forward. Ultimately, though, the Iowa defense bends but doesn't break, doesn't give up that initial touchdown like they did the week previous against Michigan. Good news on the surface is Iowa holds them to three. So Iowa gets it back, and their first drive of the game, first pass of the game, Arlen Bruce gets left out to dry on a play. Howards, they roll Petrus out. Never had a shot. Defense was ready for it, and he gets absolutely laid out incomplete. Second and nine after a, a big Laporta catch. That one uh, set up a, a third down play on that first drive. Laporta went up the middle of the field, made a great play, made a couple of guys miss, and I was off and running. Looked like, all right, here's a little offense. You get excited about it. Then you have a Gavin Williams drop, and this is going to be one that Gavin Williams, uh, when they rewatch the film on Sunday, this is not going to be a fun day for Gavin Williams. He struggled in a lot of facets in the game, played the most snaps of the season that he has. And I think the reason for that is what you saw certainly from Gavin Williams as a pass protector. I think he's the guy that they're most confident with in that knew the blessing was going to be coming. Pressure was going to be coming from Illinois and having a guy that you can rely on the most. Also probably the most accomplished pass catcher out of the trio of running backs at this point. So that's why you saw Gavin Williams, but we saw not a very good performance from old 25. Laborda got it all the way down to the seven. Again, though, another big play out of him. Run stuffed on first down. They go read option then on second down. So this is a play they've been showing early on a little bit of the jet sweep motion that we've been crying for and, and hoping to see, and it finally comes out. They used it a lot more here this week. This is a play, and if it was a read option, this is an absolutely awful read by the quarterback, Spencer Petrus, because if he just hands the ball on that to Arlen Bruce, it's six. The defensive end on that side came crashing in. The safety was all the way on the other side of the hash mark. There was nobody on that side of the field. He could have walked in backwards to the end zone instead. They just go to the middle, run stuffed, and it sets up a third down play. Third and goal then after a penalty from the 15, a draw play. Now. I remember the stories and I remember the conversations sitting, sitting in the student section in Hayden's last year. And as I was in high school and getting a ticket from some buddies and getting in there a couple of times uh, during my junior and senior years and kind of the joke became, oh, Hayden loves that third long draw play. Well, yeah, he would do it, you know, on your own side of the field. He'd do it around midfield. You don't do a draw play from 
from the 15 yard line. It's just they give up, don't try, they get the field goal. All right, field goal is good. Three, three. Here we go. Next drive, Illinois is moving again. This time, though, Tommy DeVito gets hurt. Completely should have changed the complexion of this football game. It really did. So DeVito gets hurt. They punt it down to the two. Iowa third and four with the football backed up in their own end. Shadows of their goalposts. What do they do? Have a wheel route. Gavin Williams doesn't even look for the football. And coming over to the sideline, saw Petrus kind of motioning at something. Not sure if it was Gavin Williams not looking for the football. It was a read. He missed what it was. But you saw that after that one. Gets it back to Illinois. They get another field goal. And it is 6-3 at that point. Three and out from Iowa. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but the muff punt as Illinois got the football back. Uh, muff punt gives it right back to Iowa. Great field position. They get it at the 35-yard line. First play. Blitz right up the middle. And they're working behind the chains in Iowa. Punts it back. So this is what we're doing. Back and forth, back and forth we go. Iowa gets the football back. First and goal at the five. We remember this, right? We remember this sequence. Iowa gets the football back after the fumble recovery. They pin him deep. Good punt by Torrey Taylor. Not his best game out there overall. Torrey, I think, had some some opportunities to be even better. You think of, well, the play that I think they fair caught it like the 15 yard line in the second half of the game tired leg I don't know we we haven't seen those boomers here recently from Tory Taylor and something that actually happened to him a season ago you know kind of as the season went on we didn't see the same kind of guy something at least to keep an eye on in this bye week maybe important for him get a little bit of rest and, and get that leg rev back up because they're gonna need it in the second half of the year god this is this is where we are folks this is where we are so First and goal at the five after the turnover. Now, the ball should have been at the four, but that aside, roll left. We've talked about Spencer Peters. Rolling left, he's brutal. I mean, he's brutal in general, but rolling to his left, it's just a dead play. And what do they do? Roll him out. Gavin Williams wide open out there. He's got pressure, but it's an easy completion. You float it out there. It's a touchdown, and maybe we're having a completely different conversation at this time. Instead, incomplete, second down run, stuffed. Bo Stevens then gets called for a personal foul as a guy was pushing him. He pushed, he got caught. It was a chippy chap. It was just one of those plays. It calls, do you really have to do that? But alas, the crew did. They get a field goal after that, and Iowa gets the ball again after another three and out. So Regani to the 18. A Laporte, excuse me, a big gain to the 18. Dropped by Regani. So Iowa's got the football back. They're moving. They're, they're having positive momentum again. And what happens? What happens? <sighs> Regani drops the ball. Then they come right back to him on this end around play. It wasn't even a reverse. It was Spencer Peters rolling right. We know he's not a run option. He's rolling out to his right. They pitch it back to Regani. And the speed of that Illinois defense was the, certainly their strength. They sniff that thing out. No problem. They go backwards. Ends up being... A missed field goal. Just a stupid play call by Brian Ferris. Why, what you possibly could be thinking. Again, you're talking about working in to the Illinois side of the field. Things are much more compressed down there. These are not plays that work there. It's just continually. These coordinating an offense is about doing things and putting things together. And this is just throwing darts against the wall. This is just playing Madden and, and picking a play out because it looks cool. There is no rhyme or reason to what he's trying to do. And you see it show up again. On that one. Miss field goal. Iowa ends the first half with minus 10 yards rushing and 6-6 six, six at the half. Ooh. Ooh. 
and what could have been. Two great opportunities, the touchdowns, a missed field goal in the drive because you're going backwards, but come up, second half, you're tied up 6-6. We'll talk about that second half as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know I use Simply Safe in my own home. They can protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professionally monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. First of all, the app. Simple to use, very easy. You can see if it's something as simple as an Amazon package being dropped off, which seems like it's about every day at my house as a wife ordered something else for the kids, or postman coming, or maybe it's somebody coming by door to door. Hey, you know, it's also politics season. You get a whole lot of that. You can know who's there. It is great. And you can weed out those people you really don't want to talk to. You also look at this and there's so many different things that they can help out with, not just that front door, but all across your home. I talked last week about had an intruder at their back door. This is a few years back, but right there, alarm goes off, no right away, and they ran away. Unfortunately, weren't caught, but Simply Safe helped out with that. 24-7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe agents call you the moment the threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can have the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. Go to simplysafe.com slash college. Save 20%, love that, of your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We continue on to the second half of the fall game tied up 6-6 as we go to half number two here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for joining us here today. So let's talk about this second half and the boredom. Boy, it, it was real in the rewatch. So Illinois gets the football three and out. All right, three and out, boom, boom, boom. Uh, after an Iowa three and out. So here's the second half. Iowa three and out, nothing happened. Xavier Wampa made a great tackle. In fact, one of the better punts of the night from Tory Taylor came on that one. Wampa, great to see the five-star making a play out there in special teams. And, and from everything, all the reports out there, he is ready to go for next season. He is going to be plug and play, and he's going to be great on that defense. They're going to need it. Illinois goes three and out after that. Face mask, though, on a good run from Caleb Johnson on the first play. Great pocket then later in that drive. Missed throw from Petrus, and then he's sacked on third down. So a three and out back the other way. Illinois goes three and out in the putathon. It was on in the second half in a 6-6 game. Iowa gets to midfield, run for one. Second and nine, run for one. Oh, we got him just where we want him, right? Third and eight. Wide open throw. Laporta's right there, and he throws it at his feet. Are we going to talk about the mechanics again? Is that what we're going to be talking about? Um, unfortunately, that very well could be the case. That was a missed opportunity there. Had good field position. Iowa punts it down to the two, though, after uh, a punt down to the two. Excuse me, the other way. Illinois had a pre pretty decent drive after that miss on third down. They moved into Iowa territory, but they punt it down to the two. So at that point, we're in the third quarter. Spencer Petras backed up at the two, sneaks it forward for six yards. At that point, it was Iowa's longest run of the night, but it continued. 
So Petrus later the drive scrambles for the first down. There's a play look like it maybe is going to be targeting. Then we see he doesn't get hit in the head by a helmet of the Illinois defender. Then you get the in sportsmanlike conduct. Lachey trying to keep up for his quarterback. I got no problem with that. Also an assistant on the sideline was also called for unsportsmanlike. Never heard officially what it was. I heard the question was asked in post game. Kirk wasn't willing to say. Connect the dots. Who is he protecting? Probably somebody with his same last name. I don't know that for sure. But those are the dots that are pretty easy to connect. The runs continue, though, even after that play. LaShawn Williams had a great run. I think he went for 16 on the play. Then play action. Great pocket. Nobody open. No, that's not one on Petra, so there's plenty of those opportunities. Nobody could get open. He looked first to Laporta, who was having a great game. Laporta, he was covered up. Went to Reganey, he was covered up. There's just nobody there. There's no deep threat on this team. Not even a target, I, I believe, throughout the game for Brody Breck. Your your one deep threat, at least a guy that has big size out there at the wide receiver spot. But even after that play, Caleb Johnson goes for 12 again. Gets 5 to the 39. Then on second down and 5, they run that stupid, idiotic Brian Ferentz moron play. The screen pass to Laporta, the tight end screen, which is sniffed out again. Again, we're talking about the Illinois speed on their defense, and it was just a, a dead play, and it doesn't work. So goes back the other way. Illinois comes down the field, make a couple of throws up the sideline, finally finds something with Arthur Sikowski, who is terrible. I mean, he's been terrible when he's at Rutgers. He's been terrible at Illinois. You lost to Arthur Sikowski. Tommy DeVito doesn't get hurt. This game, more than likely, is completely different than what we saw. Just absolutely asinine that you can't beat Arthur Sikowski, the guy stinks. Now, we have our own guy that stinks as well, but this is another level of frustration when you can't beat that guy. But he made a couple of throws, made a couple of throws up the sideline. They get down inside the 10-yard line, and what happens? Well, Quinn Schulte steps up again. He makes the interception. Unfortunately, it was at the one-yard line. So it's third and six. Iowa gets a delay a game. They just run it, and then not a very good part for the first time, really a bad punt. I, I think you'd have to say from Tory Taylor gives them the ball at the 42 yard line. They come down after that. And ultimately they get the field goal to make a nine, six. So Illinois scores there. Now during that sequence, of course we had what looked like it was going to be the game changer. Riley Moss scoop and score going the other way. I was going to escape here. They're going to win at 13, six, and they're going to find some way to get out of this stupid football game with the victory. They're four and two, and we're having a different conversation going in the bye week. Instead, the right call was made. They overturn it. Elbow was down from Sikowski. They get the field goal. It's nine, six. I would get the ball back short kick. And Gavin Williams, again, just takes a knee. Now, this isn't an up-back. This isn't a full-back or a tight end out there, you know, playing one of the up-back positions that's just a blocker on a kick return. This is Gavin Williams, a guy that touches the ball. Didn't have blocking in front of him. He just takes a knee. So Iowa starts at the 22. Things go well. Laporta for 8. Regatti for 10. They get to the 40. Bruce for 7. Things are going well. And then on the next play, pressure comes from the backside. Pocket presence isn't there again for Spencer Petras. Doesn't feel the pressure coming. Gets hit as he threw. The ball sails. Interception. But not game over. Not game over. No, Iowa gets the football back one final time. Here we go. And they get a penalty, and they get a couple of catches. They move the ball all the way. They're at their 42. They, you got just need a field goal to tie this football game and then get into overtime. Instead, Petras is sacked. Saw it coming right away. Couldn't get rid of it. And then on the final play of the game, the stupid pitchy-pitchy woo-woo that almost 
almost give Illinois the cover as they were favored by three and a half, four. They would have got a safety or a touchdown. Alas, it ends 9-6. The saving grace for me as a gambler, I was able to just absolutely demolish the under all throughout this game. Right away when DeVito went down, that was the first thing that I did. I, I sprinted. I'm not going to lie. I didn't sprint anywhere. My phone was in my pocket. I, as quickly as I could, though, went to my app and just started firing. I got sports books all over the place. I'm hitting everything, taking under, 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 and did it really throughout the course of the game. And, and that was my saving grace on Saturday. That was a good one. That is a recap of what we saw. It was not pretty. So now we go big picture. Before that, let's talk a little bit about our friends at Bet Online, uh, presenting sponsor here of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Bet Online, your number one source for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, and up to minute scores for every sport out there. We got the baseball playoffs going on, MMA, boxing, golf. Doesn't matter what your sport, of course, football, number one at the top of the list. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. We wrap up here with some big picture talk. We, we talk now about this program, where they go. Not just in the interim with the bye week upon us, but those big picture questions that remain, the frustrations that are out there. The disappointment talked a lot about in the instant reaction podcast, just how disappointed I was in Kirk Ferentz after David Eichel does a great job at 24 seven. When he asked the question about, you know, are you thinking about a change? And he cited just how bad this thing has been going back to after the Penn state game and Kirk flippantly responded. Well, you know, we won 10 games. Yeah. He knows that he also got blown out in three last year. And you're also three and three right now. And since that Penn State game, you're seven and seven. Over those 14 games, six times you've scored seven points or less in a football game. Kirk, you better realize that too. And and that kind of arrogance, that is so incredibly frustrating. I get it. sticking up for your kid. But you put yourself in this situation when you brought him back and then not only brought him back, made him offensive coordinator. And then after Ken O'Keefe leaves, instead of going out and getting somebody that actually knows something about quarterbacks, instead you double down and you make Brian Ferentz now the quarterback coach on top of it, doubling down to double down with no semblance of a plan, no reasoning behind it. Brian Ferentz knows football. This, this is not what it is. Brian Ferentz knows more football than me, than you, but he doesn't know how to coordinate an offense. And that is the job title, offensive coordinator. He just throwing plays against the wall. Just think back and as we went through that recap of all the dumb decisions and play calling that Iowa continued to make and Brian Ferentz continued to make. We get mad at Petrus. We get mad at the offensive line. We get mad at the receivers. This all comes back to ultimately, though, a couple of spots. It's an offensive coordinator that is in over his head, and it's a head coach and a dad that put himself in this spot. Where's Iowa going to turn? What's going to change? First of all, is something that I think we've all been clamoring for in one reason or another over the last six games, some kind of change at quarterback. You are the worst offense in the country. I believe it's 131 uh, when I looked at the numbers when they updated this morning. If it's not, it's terrible. 130, 131. Uh, we're splitting hairs. Regardless of the actual numbers, this is the worst offense by a long shot at the Power 5 conference level. You have a quarterback that has started for three years. You have a quarterback that has not developed. You have a quarterback that is not athletic, that can't move around, and you have a bad offensive line. It's a recipe for disaster, and that's what we've seen here, a disaster. 
it is coaching malpractice to be this deep into a season, to be three and three, and not to give the backup a shot. And not just the backup a shot, a backup that's won football games for you, a backup that's shown that he can do things a different way, that he can make plays with his feet, that has some semblance of an athletic ability to go outside the pocket and make plays. You have that guy sitting there and he's holding a clipboard. He's wearing a red hat. Time in and time out. And the opportunity against South Dakota State, the opportunity against Iowa State here in this one. And yet continually, what do they do? They keep trotting Spencer Petras out there. Look, we, we get to a point where you feel bad for the guy. He's not trying to suck. He's not. That's not what it is. This is still a young man that I wonder how he responds to this. I mean, this, this has got to be incredibly difficult mentally for him. How has he overcome just being trotted out there time in and time out, even as poorly as he's playing? Is that Brian? Is it Kirk? It doesn't matter. It's not good. Iowa owes $42 million to Kirk Ferentz. $42 million is the buyout. I said it on the instant reaction. There is one way out of this. It's Gary Barta. Gary Barta going, and he is, of course, yes, he is the superior right now of Brian Ferentz. To get around the nepotism rules of the university, what they did is they put it in place where it is Gary Barta that Brian ultimately has to answer to. We know Kirk's not going to fire his son. We know Kirk's probably not going to even ask him to move on. They're going to continue to double down. They double down this year, and I'll tell you what, you split those aces, and you got two twos on it, and you just got absolutely busted. This is brutal, absolutely brutal of what has happened this season on the offense. But do we believe Gary Barta is going to be the guy? Though he is the boss, he's not the real boss. Kirk's the boss. Kirk runs the athletic department for all intents and purposes. That's where we are right now. This is the frustrating part. Change needs to happen. New Mexico has fired their offensive coordinator. Rutgers has fired their offensive coordinator. And here's Iowa just doing the same thing time in and time out. And it's because you gave a guy that was unqualified for the job, you gave him the keys to the car. Here we are. We'll talk more this week about everything going on in Hawkeye athletics. A lot of frustrations. A bye week now upon us. Of course, we're looking at three and four right in the face with Ohio State up on deck next. You think, hey, we got a bye week to get ready. Okay, they also have a bye week. Do the Buckeyes this week before Iowa goes to Columbus? And you think there's any chance at all Iowa's going to be able to keep up with that team? A defense is going to be tired. They're going to be out there on the field a whole bunch. This thing is not going to be pretty. And then you'll go into the final stretch of games trying to find three victories. Are they beating Purdue? Are they beating Wisconsin? Probably not. Yeah, maybe you'll beat. Northwestern, maybe get a win against Nebraska. Five and seven, is that enough for a change? Kirk loves his bowl games. I've never been to a bad one. Kirk said that before. Hey, if they get there at six and six this year, tip of the ball cap, because with this offense, that is something. Another frustrating part about this, and one thing I don't believe I got to, I don't know, it's kind of delirious, uh, on Saturday night, Sunday morning when I was recording the Instagram podcast, but I think another reason that this offense has been so frustrating. Look, we've seen bad teams. If you're my age, I'm 42. You've been around for a while. You remember the end of the Hayden days. You remember the down years that have happened. You remember 2014. We've seen bad football teams. Remember early Kirk years. You'll remember those times. But you didn't have a defense this good. You didn't have a defense that was playing at this kind of level. One of the best defenses in the country, coupled with the worst offense, and on top of it, it's run by the coach's son. Frustrations are mounting. We're going to hear from a former Hawkeye later in the week. 
LaShawn Daniels is going to stop by. We'll get his perspective on things and where Iowa can turn. Biz will also stop by. We'll have her DeGenera Hawkeyes podcast later this week. Also, we'll set up our second week of mailbag. Excuse me. If you have questions, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Trent Condon, and we will get your answers out there. Hit me up on Twitter at Trent Condon again. You can find me and uh, give me a follow over there. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Locked on Hawkeyes podcast with you each and every day throughout the course of the week. And I'm just happy this week and I don't have to worry about instant reaction. Don't have to worry about anything. You can just watch some football, watch some good ball, and I'd have to watch, watch this garbage offense at least for a week. They'll do it for today. Back with you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us here. This is the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Go Hawks.